This is the Flying Field Podcast. The Flying Field Podcast is a service of rcplaneviews.com and the Flying Field Blog. This is episode 122. Yeah, but you can fix it. The episode was produced the week of September 15th, 2013. Hello, modelers, and welcome to this edition of the Flying Field Podcast. I saw a statement in the local paper the other day that said for many in the United States, Labor Day represents the end of summer. In Arizona, it represents the end of August. So far, that's the truth. But for some of you, you're starting to think about the winter building project that will see you through the months where only the manly men are out flying. Now, I've seen some interesting videos of winter flying, so I know that there are more than a few of you out there, so good for you. Now, whether that build project is a new model or simply repairing damaged ones, spending time up close and personal with your hangar mates is one of the other aspects of model aviation. As you might guess from the title of this podcast, I've been spending some time repairing one of my models after what could be called an unintended contact with the ground. I referred to my Dynam Tempest last episode. I've got several flights on it and enjoy flying it. I've got a YouTube video of it in flight on my YouTube channel and the video build logs too. You can find them also on my website at www.rcplaneviews.com. A couple of weeks ago, I had the Tempest out for our usual dawn patrol mission before things started heating up too much. The flight was going well when I did a low pass along the outside downwind leg of our flying area. Let's just say the camouflage worked. The Tempest got between me and a gray and green mountain and simply disappeared. When I got it back, I had no idea which way it was going and because I was low, it hit the ground before I had it all figured out. Walk of shame out into the weeds. All in all, things weren't too bad. The Tempest is an EPO model and the nose had broken off just in front of the cockpit. The prop was broken and an aileron servo was stripped. A few scuffs along the bottom rounded out the damage. I've been dealing with little mishaps with this type of foam for several years now, as it is similar to the multiplex Elipore foam they've used on their models for about a decade. The repair process is the same, so that's the topic for this episode. Let's get started. One of the really nice aspects of EPO foam is that it is very strong, and when it does break, it breaks in big pieces. I'm sure one of you have crashed or watched someone else crash one of the earlier foam models made from EPS or beer cooler foam. Those crashes usually ended up with what looks like an upset bowl of popcorn in the dirt. Repairs to these EPS models was often difficult as that type of foam doesn't take regular CA glue and using epoxy or other glues on a bunch of small pieces can result in a model that's much heavier than it was than before the crash. EPO, on the other hand, tends to collapse at the point of impact and tear or separate along the force lines instead of shattering. This results in much easier and better repair options. 
The first step in any EPO repair is the hot water treatment. In years past, it was called making Elipore soup, as Multiplex was about the only supplier using an EPO-type foam. The EPO foam is fairly large foam bubbles, or beads, that make up the structure that's being molded. When struck, the beads tend to collapse rather than to break or separate. These crushed beads can almost always be reinflated to some degree with the application of heat. Heat guns generally produce too much heat, so hot water is most often used. I found that for small dents and tears where, like my Tempest, the nose was knocked off, that hot water from the tap is usually sufficient. If you're safety conscious, you probably have your hot water heater set to about 120 to 125 degrees Fahrenheit. That's enough to reshape a torn edge or small dent. While running the water over the piece, allow the foam enough time to heat up and then use your hands to gently pull and stretch the piece back into shape. At this temperature, it will take several minutes, so eh, be patient. For larger dents and dings, warmer water may be required. In these situations, if you have a large roasting pan or other large pot, you can fill it with water and, when hot, place the piece in it. Thus the soup analogy. If the piece is too large to fit your pot, I've used a ladle to pour the heated water over the part allowing the water to drain back into the pan or pot. I keep this up until the foam has warmed up and, as before, use my hands to pull and stretch the piece back into the correct shape. My recommendation is to use a thermometer and get the water up to about 170 to 190 degrees. If you have a hidden spot on the damaged part or some scrap EPO from a more serious crash, test the surface of the foam with the water. Water that is too hot will cause the foam to overinflate and form what is called an alligator surface. Even this isn't too bad, as many modelers have reported success smoothing alligator surfaces with the back of a warm spoon. For me, one step is easier than two, so I try to keep the water a bit cooler to prevent the surface from deforming in the first place. It should go without saying that you'll need some insulated gloves to safely work with near boiling water. Once you've got your piece back into their pre-crash shapes, it's time to move on to the reassembly phase of things. Make sure you spend a little time examining the pieces and deciding the order you want to put things back together and whether there are other actions you'll need to take. With my Tempest, I decided I'd completely separate the left and right halves of the detached nose to better gain access for the hot water. That also allowed me to see the previously hidden weights in small compartments in the nose. These had been jarred loose in the crash, but I'd seen them and collected them from the crash site. I also had been just barely able to get the CG right, so this provided a good chance to add a little weight. I placed the large weights in their correct positions with a little Gorilla Glue and let it all dry, and then added a couple of smaller lead pieces again using the Gorilla Glue. Another good feature of EPO foam is its ability to withstand the heat of the chemical curing of CA. This allows you to use strong, lightweight adhesive when putting things back together. I'm not a big fan of using CA kicker or accelerator, but the foam will take that too. 
In the case of my Tempest, I used a couple of bamboo skewers you'd normally get at the grocery store for grilling to reinforce the brake. Using three to four inch pieces, I inserted a pair into either side of the nose and then marked their contact point on the fuselage. Using another skewer, I made the hole on the fuselage side and then carefully dry fit the nose and the fuselage together with the skewers between the pieces. One of the receiving holes was off a bit, so I modified that one and then dry fit again. Perfect. Since I could use the skewers as kind of a rail to guide the assembly, I chose to use the kicker. I misted the fuse side and let it dry. I used medium CA on the nose and slowly guided the pieces together. With the skewers in place, I pushed fairly fast and firm the last sixteenth of an inch or so as the kicker and the CA bond almost immediately. With good alignment and a tight fit, all that was left to do was some sanding and applying some lightweight spackle to fill some of the gaps and dents. With the spackle dry, some fine sandpaper smoothed things out and I was almost done. The last step was to match some paint. I've been reading about how some modelers were going to Lowe's or Home Depot and getting custom mixes using a part with the desired color and the computerized color tool in the paint department. The recent addition of small 8 ounce jars of sample size paints for just a couple of bucks has gotten pretty popular. I was going to give that a try. With the piece of the model in hand, I went to Lowe's and handed it over. The first attempt resulted in a bit too much gray, so the paint person added a drop of blue tinting and this time the match was nearly perfect. One drawback is the samples at Lowe's are made in a satin sheen. As a result, the repaired area is just a bit shinier than the rest of the plane. I'm thinking a clear flat coat will fix that. If you're a bit more creative and patient, you will likely be able to custom mix a great match yourself. Craft paints that come in the small plastic containers come in a huge assortment of colors. Normally, a flat finish, you can get pretty close with the standard colors and then add blue or black or white or whatever tint you need to make your perfect match. You can find these paints at Walmart, Michaels, Joann's Fabrics, and other craft type stores for about a buck per bottle. If you understand color and have a good eye, you'll be done in no time. Right now, I'm waiting on new propellers from Nitroplanes. I doubt anyone who wasn't looking for it would even spot the repairs. I posted some photos at the Flying Field blog in the show notes for this episode for you to see for yourself. If you or someone you know is thinking about trashing their damaged EPO model, tell them to stop. If nothing else, offer to work on it for them to build your own experience and skill fixing these durable models. Tell them to keep the tape in the drawer too. No need to tape the thing back together in many cases. The steps described here will have it back in the air and looking good with just a few hours work. Well, that brings us to the close of another Flying Field podcast. Links to the products mentioned in this episode can be found in the show notes at www.flyingfieldblog.rcplaneviews.com. Click on the podcast category on the right side of the page. This was episode 122. Until next time, happy modeling and fly safe.